Welcome to Hype Louisville, where we bring you the most exciting things happening in our city and talk to the people making it happen. Now, here are your hosts, Andrew Beckman and Nathan Shanks. Let's get hyped! Hype Louisville, welcome back. It is episode two. I'm Nathan Shanks. And Andrew Beckman. And we have our first guest with us today, the podcast expert and rum expert, Paul Heinzman. Welcome, Paul. Thanks hey, for being here, Well, man. thank you, guys. Uh, I'm really excited. Very yeah. excited to be on this. Yeah, we're excited to have you. you uh, you've just taken Louisville by storm with your rum. <laughs> Don't know about that. It certainly sometimes feels like it, but I uh, appreciate that. Thank I you. I mean, just killing it. Thank killing you. It. Everybody's drinking it. I'm drinking it right now, and I can, yeah. you've already got your number one fan right here. <laughs> yeah, so full disclosure, we are we are actually drinking the product, uh, which... Sampling. Play, sampling, obviously. Yeah. Sampling, yeah. For science. For science, um, yeah. <laughs> this could, so this could go, this could affect the, uh, maybe 30 minutes in, we might notice a degradation of, uh, of uh, conversation here. <laughs> it'll, it'll get less funny to you and more funny to us. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Infinitely true. Yeah. Infinitely true. <laughs> All right, so I wanted to start with just one thing this week that we're all excited about. Just start a new tradition for the podcast. What's one thing that's happened this week that you're pumped about, Paul? Sorry, that oh you're God. hyped about. Hyped? Okay, easy. <laughs> I just recently got to start my own TikTok separately from my company TikTok, and it's called Saltwater Paul. And on it, I made a dumb video about drinking laws in every state. And one of the first ones I made hit over 100,000 views. And now I have over 5,000 TikTok followers somehow. Amazing. And it's totally luck. So yeah. I'm very excited about it. It was just what the doctor ordered. Sometimes that's all you need. Exactly. Yes. TikTok. <laughs> gosh, we need to have a separate podcast on TikToks. I'm yeah. fascinated by it. Yeah. Yeah. That's my good news. Yep. So we're selling our house. Andrew, our realtor, oh. is helping us sell our house. And Congrats, uh, man. we finally made some progress on getting the basement cleared out. So that is what I'm most pumped about. Dude, congrats on the house. That's a big super deal. Super lame. That's Thank a you. really big deal. Yeah. Well, well I can tell you. It's not sold yet, but... Uh, that's up for me, but yeah, I'll tell yeah. you, I'm pretty hyped about that basement being cleared. He's been texting my wife on the side saying, what's Nathan's status on the basement? Like, get me that's shit. awesome. <laughs> Sending her flowers, too, to keep yep. her, you know, yes. in lane. Yep. Yeah, I can only imagine some third party emailing my, or messaging my wife, have you cleaned the basement yet? <laughs> I don't think that would go well. Yeah. Let me just pay you to text my wife. So like, hey, have you cleaned out like the, the dressery yet? Like, yeah. Get out of here. Exactly. Well, shit. No, I mean that is a good one. Uh-huh. I'd say I'm most hyped about. Um, honestly, this podcast has been. Every time that we interact about it, part of me is like, oh man, I'm stressed about this or that. But ha- hearing you talk about it, and then every time we interact, it's like this. This is gonna. This is something that I don't know if it will help my business per se, but just connecting with you today and, and listening to your story makes me excited about Hell yeah. whatever whatever it is we're doing it it's meaningful and it gets me hyped you know yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, i'm doing the hyping yeah That's yeah the well especially you know you're young you're our age and i love to see i love to meet new people don't and, age them like that yeah <laughs> yeah it's, it's, it's a misnomer frankly <laughs> i'm actually 87 <laughs> but uh i just i like to see people out there hustling and doing cool things and before you came over we were with another young entrepreneur talking about guests for for this podcast and uh it just got me really that got me really excited yeah so 
I'm really glad you're here, man. It's Appreciate kinda, it. I'm glad to be here. It's kind of like pass, a... by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Very dope pass. Very dope pass right now. Thanks. I know we're listening to this on the sound wave, but yep. you guys can only know the house we, I'm in We right are now. technically on camera, And hello! So, world. Yeah. You guys can't see all the other cool stuff. It's but, uh, Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's weird, though, how, like, everyone's had to change how they network now. Yes. Uh, like, you can't just go to a networking event and make connections anymore. You've got to do it on a small level. It's just, so true. Yeah. You've got to get creative with it. So And this, and honestly, and to that point is... The people who are doing this during COVID are the people who after COVID that would be more successful. Like again, I completely agree. We could all just say, oh yeah, you know, it's really hard to network. COVID. Why should I even network? Yeah. No, that's not how the world works. Like you have to do Adjust, something. You have adapt. to move forward. You have to adapt. Adapt yeah. or die. Yeah. So well, true. and one yeah. of the one of the th- I think you told me this, but it, it really sunk in. I mean, you're a master networker. I, I, I learned made, it from him. Former, <laughs> former president of uh, Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. yeah. <laughs> Don't have the podcast. Former VP of engagement. <laughs> oh, oh man, it was engagement, right? It was a contest about pissing over here. <laughs> Paul was technically my Wi-Pal boss at one point. Oh, really? Interesting. <laughs> Do you have? I was coffee about I was that. director of membership. I forgot and about that. Paul was VP of engagement. So VP that. of engagement oversees director oh, of membership. Physically hurts my brain. Yeah. <laughs> Seems yeah. like forever. that was. What four years ago? I think that someone let me be the hot boss of any human being <laughs> in any capacity in any way is uh, frankly frightening. Yeah, yeah. Well, but did, weren't you? You told me that um, you got to dig your well before you get thirsty. Yeah, exactly. You know, and networking seems um, you have to build your network before you actually need one. Dig your well before you're thirsty. And right now, at least in my industry, real estate sales are off the charts, but the correction's coming eventually. Yeah. And networking now, when Throw it's most difficult, mm, yeah, yeah. It seems to be the smartest That's foundation. That's a book, Harvey McKay. Oh, is that from McKay? Well. Dig 60... Your Well Before You're Thirsty. Yeah, McKay 66, 66 is out, of, out that. of that book, yeah. Dig Your Well Before You're Thirsty. I know a lot of those phrases, but I have never heard that one. And frankly, that one gave me pause. I it's, like that. It's good. Yeah. It's yeah. good. Yeah, because how often... Do you have somebody call you and they're like, oh, I'm getting into this sales job. I need to start networking. And it's like, dude, you're you're two years, years, three years late. Like that was, yeah. I would prefer to be kind of... Whatever, whatever kind of happens, happens. Whatever you know? happens, and then we, happens. We yes. market, we market as such accordingly. You know, exactly. Dress for the job explicit. you are and the <laughs> yeah, one yeah, yeah. job. Yeah, yes. yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All right. Um, so. You started this business. Yes. You meant beginning of the pandemic. Yes. We'll get into that. But sure. like, what's a day in the life of a rum company owner? Like, I, you were in banking. Yes. Just working at stockyards, killing mm. it in banking, and then you just cut the cord and you have a rum company. So yeah. Like, what, what do you do every day? It, my day, I, I. it's hard for me to like paint a picture of what a day looks like. Because every day is different. Like last week, I was in North Carolina, Statesville, North Carolina, at our new facility that's going to be making product for us. And I was there on site. On the, I was actually working. I, I stepped in and worked the bottling line at one point. Like oh, cool. we oh, like wow. actually yeah. con- converse with like the people who are going to be blending the product, the person, people who are going to be like doing the chemical background of our product. I was actually having all those conversations. Yeah. Um, I was there for a full week, which is actually a ton of fun because I love meeting new people and it's really cool to be at a new place. But um, but then today, I wake up and I have like a bunch of I have a bunch of like. I try to I, I try as much as I can in the mornings to do like all of my like I call it like kind of the BS yeah. like send like sales reports like yeah. do all Ad, the like administrative. The administrative stuff and I like to and I imagine in COVID it'll be a lot different but in the afternoons I try to be more salesy because mm-hmm. again when do bars open 
four o'clock. So I try yeah. to say at three o'clock I might start hitting the bars or at four yeah. or five. But like some like Fridays are really busy. Like some Fridays I'll hit like eight to ten bars in a day, which I joke. In so are you text. just visiting? Yeah. Like you probably know most of them anyway. Kind of. You'd be surprised if like bar even uh, like the bar you're the local at or the bar you're a regular at. Yeah. You probably don't even know the bar manager. Right. Yeah. Right. Like you probably don't just don't know them. Yeah. And. They have no reason to talk to you, so mm-hmm. I kind of just go in and I literally like this is my spiel. I literally go into a bar and I say, "Hey, you guys want to like drink some rum right now?" <laughs> and that's literally the exact cadence of my voice that I everything you just heard was so real. Yeah, um, and they're like, "Yeah, I'll drink." And then I make sure, wait, is, is the bar manager even here? Oh, dude, we don't care. Like, let's just have a drink, me and you, and like, and, like have a ton of fun. But that's like the goal. And the bar and bar industry is where like craft brands like us are made okay. so that's honestly unfortunately with the COVID, you know all happening you know bar craft brands like us are made in the on-premise like bars and restaurants okay. that's called the on-premise yeah um and with the bars and restaurants being shut down it's really really tough to get like any type of ground game right um because that's where people try things like, for the first time mm-hmm. yeah like something like a fireball type that's where it became popular yep fireball shot at the bar right i mean screwball whiskey shot. fireball whiskey yeah. deep eddy all these brands were made kind of through experiential models and right now we're kind of having to rethink the experiential model we're actually testing out like some ar like you pick up a bottle like use the instagram filter like you can like it'll put like sunglasses on you like, oh, like yeah. that. try to be yeah. creative okay um, it's really hard to that do right and most of them are like kind of kitschy, but um we're trying to rethink how to do that but also we're kind of betting a lot on the end of covid because again Actually, one of our new slogans is um, taste like whatever the opposite of a global pandemic is because <laughs> it's so true because people want the opposite of whatever we're in right now. Like, what is right. right now? Like Right now is being apart from people, mm-hmm. not seeing people, not partying, not having fun. And we are the opposite of that brand. We are fun. We are sunshine. We are togetherness. We are excitement. We are yeah. you know, better tasting, happier, um, bright colors. Um, yeah, yeah. No one thinks of bright colors when they think of COVID. So we want to be that. Right. We want to. And we also, we have a joke. We want to sponsor at the end of coronavirus. Like, again, there's nothing to sponsor. There's right, no, like, right, there's no right. like race going on, but right. we want to sponsor. It's like a joke. Endorse. Yeah. We want to endorse the end of coronavirus because we want to be, yeah. be part of that. But yeah, and I'm, it's it's funny, you mentioned like the rub restaurant, I am, the bottle I'm holding right now, I'm absolutely in love with, I'm in love with it's everything amazing. inside that bottle, I appreciate it, thank you. Yeah. It Actually, is... we're going to need some refills soon? Yeah. We might need absolutely. some refills. I mean, one of the things that I found interesting, so the past few weeks you've spent learning all of the, the, uh, the, the moving parts, if you will, that goes into the actual finished product. Mm-hmm. So you know everything from, from the, from the. The very beginning to the, the to the very end, absolutely. And everything in between and all the people. Do you find that um, that's important to know all the parts before you can sell the whole? So that is a great question. Oh my gosh, this is impossible to open. We're not going to open that. I thought you guys really can try that. I'm trying yeah. to open the soda. Well, water you just loosen it up, this... so I'm sure Nathan's strong. Gosh, how did you do yeah. that? Gosh, I can't even open a club soda bottle. For those, of yes, you I loosen it up. Can't see. Uh... Paul couldn't open the bottle of club soda. It's because I'm also a child. It's because yeah, literally I am, I, am a, I am a child. So you can come over here and start working right out. Yeah, I, frankly, morning, we're all, we're all there. Yeah. Um, But you know what's so funny is, you know, when I was working in banking, I was in treasury management. And obviously to sell treasury management products, I technically only needed to know treasury managed products, right? But at the end of the day, it also helps if I know what's going on in the bank. It also helps right. if I know the legislation about why those treasury managed products are in place. You can be a better salesman if you know every single thing about your product. Yep. And now I can honestly say every single thing about what's in that bottle, I can tell you. Down to the pH, down to the turbidity, which is like the haze in it, down to the why the juices are depictinized because that improves the shelf life. I can literally tell you yeah. every single thing about that bottle. And it's because I, now I can swear on a Bible that this product that we're drinking is actually 
the future of how we were drinking for the long term. Like yeah. we are crafting the future of I think spirits. That's amazing. Well, you know, it, it's it's interesting though for all the any entrepreneurs out there listening to us. You know, one thing that I've noticed that has de- de- has seemed to be a common denominator with successful people, especially in sales, is that they're genuinely, genuinely passionate about what they're selling. So they're it's easy for them to just gobble up every little nuanced, you know, aspect of their product because they they love it. They believe in it. They they think it's and they they believe in it. So they they read up on all the little extra curricular stuff about it, all the perif, and yeah. then they they can just kind of fluidly sell the product and I. I think it's important. Um, I don't know. Could you talk a little more about, like, so when you made the pivot from banking to to saltwater Woody, what did you do, or how did you handle knowing nothing, and then essentially, and then except for banking, but sure. you go into the bur- you know, the distilled spirits industry, and and you don't know a lot. How did you manage the unknown? I guess. Sure. And. I think actually this question might go back to kind of talking to you guys about the podcast. Yeah. And it's a two-part answer. One, it's doing it yourself. And two, it's reading. So kind of giving a little bit of background though, because I got I kind of I want to step back and give the background of how we got into it first. Yeah, yeah. Um, so late 2018, we had the idea of a product, the idea of rum. We knew in a liquor, we knew we wanted to do a spirit, but we knew we want to do something a little bit different. And we want to do something a little bit more fun. And if you go in the liquor store right now, you will see innovation in the vodka space. There's so many new vodkas. You go in the bourbon space, so many new bourbons. Mm-hmm. You go in the tequila space, so many new tequilas. You go in the gin, so many new gins. Yeah. Rum, it's a little quiet right now. Not a lot of innovation, and which is weird because Amer- America's first distilled spirit was rum. We went to war with the British over rum. I can make a strong argument. Don't tempt me. <laughs> Paul Revere was drunk on rum when he made his famous ride about calling by the British. A lot of things people don't know. We dumped the British Tea Party. It was over rum. Long story short. You've really read it. I, have, I can tell you more about the history <laughs> of rum in America than you'd ever want to know. But I learned all that because I read a lot. Yeah. And, you know, all of 2019 was basically building our supply chain, getting our TTB approvals, um, getting all these things done that are like the back end of uh, building a company, right? Mm-hmm. We didn't hire some consulting service to do it for us because those exist. You yeah, can literally right. call up a distillery and they'll help you make a white label. Put your put your face on a bottle of rum. You can do that. Yeah. Uh-huh. We didn't do that. Yeah. We did it all ourselves. And because we did it all ourselves, because we managed all ourselves, I learned it all and I now know everything. I know the cork that is in this product. I know the label. I know – and I also I can say it's a 100% American, American-made product. Mm-hmm. And I know it's 100% American supply chain. Why? Because all the vendors I'm dealing with, I am dealing with every day myself. Right. So yeah. short answer, I'm doing it all myself. And then I also read a bunch and I handle everything at the company. Again, I have two co-founders who handle everything. We all handle it all together. So by me saying I handle it, it's a misnomer. We have two partners who are right, me right. 100% of the time. But you're not outsourcing um, this outside the company. Exactly. Yeah. In-house. We, we do as much as we can. Like now, the only thing we don't do is compliance because dealing with some of the TTB and uh, state agents, I can't do perfectly. Risky. It's and yeah. it's risk. Yeah. Wherever the risk is too high, I don't do. Yeah. Uh, but everything I can do, I do myself because I actually enjoy learning about it. It. And also mm-hmm. when I go in, and also I think it's authentic when I go into a bar or restaurant and I can tell someone who doesn't care how many calories in our product that matters. Or if when I can tell someone, you know, why, you know, we're changing, we're actually changing our bottle right now, why we're changing the bottle or why all these things are happening. I can actually tell them because I 
did it myself. It right. wasn't some consultant telling us and saying, hey, yeah, you know, you guys could get like 30% more margin if you do this. And it's like, no, does the bottle look cool? Does it feel good? That's fine. That's all I need. Right? Yeah, yeah. So that, and, and again, you know, I left the bank in March 2nd. And uh, of 19? I, of 2020. Okay. So I had the That's world's was... worst luck. So oh, you don't, man. this is the part you don't know. So I quit my job March second, twenty twenty. It was that was the time that was like the couple week period where everyone was like, "Yeah, this is like something. What's going on? Like no one knew. Like it'll be fine by May. We're America. We're America. (laughs) I think I went to the speedball in the same time frame Mm -hmm. of of when you left the bank. I'll raise. I'll raise the stakes though. That was like the last event of the but see i'll raise the stakes here so i quit my job march 2nd 2020 gave up my health care my wife also quit her job because we were planning on taking a month-long honeymoon because our wedding was march 21st Oh. We were taking a month-long honeymoon because neither my wife nor I have ever taken like a big excursion. I've been working in banking my whole time. I never really like, kind of like splurged. Yeah. We both had saved up for a honeymoon to travel around the world, namely Australia, <laughs> Thailand, and New Zealand. And we were going to take a honeymoon. So our wedding was March 21st, month-long honeymoon right afterwards. And our first production date for Saltwater Woody was March 24th. Oh, oh. So I, the thought process was I would leave, I would get married, have my honeymoon while I'm gone, my partners, get this product made, and then I come back and then sell it. Yeah. yeah, totally good. Yeah. Well, for those of you in the future listening to this right now, um, <laughs> the world, literally that week, the yeah. world shut down. So my wedding was canceled, duh. Yep. Honeymoon was canceled, duh. Production mm-hmm. facility was ca- shut down, duh. And we, I get, I did never got stressed in banking. Like, I was like, yeah, there's some days where like, oh man, I wish I would have done more. But like, I never got stressed. I'm pretty right. laid back. But I was hurting because all of a sudden my wife and I both didn't have jobs. We both didn't have health care. And we were stressed. You're not, you're not married yet. You haven't had the honeymoon yet. Yep. It's not. It's not the. Fortunately, yeah. we did get. We did it. Get it to get married still. Okay. But it was. It was four people. It was a, a photographer, a priest, and a, my wife and I. So it still got married. But you know, we we I, ultimately I because again, when your back's up against a wall, that's when you come out swinging. And I literally thought I need to find a way to market my product. Yeah. So I literally got a bottle. And I put water in it to make it look like it was rum. So all the original marketing pieces you saw us all over clear, it's water because oh I didn't have gosh. the product yet. So I had to find a way to market this. So I made I made videos, I made photos. I tried. I mean, this was like before I got good at it. I still am not good at it yet. But arguable. I just tried. Yeah, arguable. But <laughs> I just tried doing everything I could to tell people. Saltwater Woody's coming out. Just wait for us. And we made hand sanitizer too. Gave it to local charities. Yeah, yep. yeah. I like to I think it was 100 percent uh, platonic, and it was good for good because we were good cool. people. But we also couldn't figure out how to sell it. It was too. There was too much law. So we were like, <laughs> we're just going to give it all to charity. But that still was still good. And it was the right. And it was the right thing to do, honestly. Yeah. But then finally in May, we were able to make product. But then we had part two of why COVID fucked us. Every distributor in the entire U.S. had a rule. Hey, we're in we're in safety mode. We're not going to take on any brands because it's right, risk. Right. So we had to literally bang down every door of every distributor in the U.S. saying, take us on, take us on, take us on. And no one gave us a meeting until RNDC, who I will say their name because I love them now. RNDC gave us a meeting and they said, candidly, before the meeting even started, and they said it twice in emails, they said, candidly, we're not even taking on new brands. We just want to hear about what you're doing. Yeah. That was on a Friday. And on that call, if you think I'm goofy now, on that call, I basically came in without a shirt on and a surfboard. I do not have a good body. So don't be fooled. Any of you listening, my body is not good looking. And I come in with a surfboard and I say, oh, I was just surfing the Ohio. I made all these jokes. I was like juggling grapefruits at one point. Yeah. And they had products. 
And they took home that product and the director of sales for the whole, for all of Kentucky came back on Monday and said, we'll take your product on because you finished the bottle. So they bought you. They didn't buy us. Not buy you. No, I mean, oh, they bought, they bought into You sold them your personality. It was my team too. Yeah. But yeah, but but yeah, yeah. they were excited about the product. But it was you. You didn't hire some, somebody to go and pitch this. Because if that was a, a coat and tie meeting, it wouldn't work. Don't be fooled. I'm also incredibly controlling. So also, I hate giving up anything if I can do it myself. So it's also it probably also my wife. If my wife were here, she'd say, "Paul, it's because you're so controlling that you don't let anyone do it." <laughs> yeah. and I'm saying that jokingly. Thank God we all have wives. That, exactly that, to keep that, us that, honest. To keep us honest. Like I'm yeah. hearing me say this. Like, I'm like, it's <laughs> also my negative trait that I'm also very controlling. I like doing everything myself yeah. And yeah. I, because I like it done a certain way. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, yeah, I couldn't have done it, um, but we got that. So then in July 5th, we launched. And the coolest thing in the world, the coolest stat I ever love to tell people is we told a lot of industry people that we were going to make our first run was going to be 250 cases of rum. Mm-hmm. And we told people that, and they said, in the, well, you're in rum in Kentucky. That'll probably take you till the end of uh, 2020 to sell all that. And we're like, great. Okay, so we can make 250 cases. We can make a marketing plan. We can yeah, march out yeah, to get yeah. the 250 cases out. Yeah. Great. That 250 cases lasted us three weeks. Oh my yes. gosh. So wow. all of a sudden, and still, as of right now, we have not fixed our supply chain enough to keep up with demand, which sounds like a good problem, mm-hmm. but there's not enough time on this podcast to explain how it actually is way more of a problem than it is a good. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. we're working on that, and we hope to have, that's why I was in North Carolina last week. Yeah. I know of one store that's always had it, So, um, and is I'm not state? even going to tell you guys what it is, <laughs> because I want to make sure they keep it on the shelf, so... <laughs> don't worry a couple. I'll still I'll buy it please someone yeah. will buy it because I know it'll be me there are but... a couple there are a couple that run out a lot and then how like I've because I've learned because it's a three-tier system so I've learned how if I ship product to the distributor then they ship to the liquor store how from I'm liquor writing store it on orders. paper and showing it to you oh yeah 100% okay. yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but um, it's so interesting how the whole supply chain works because I make the product. I have to sell it to a distributor. The distributor has to sell it to a liquor store and the liquor store has to sell it to you. And there's so many things that happen in between that um, and how the pricing works and how the shelf placement works. There's so many things that go into that that I've had to kind of learn um, and also have to kind of feign ignorance to kind of get people to help you along the way. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, I'm not afraid to say, hey, dude. I'm a fucking idiot. Can you just tell me what I yeah. should do here? Yeah. And they're like, oh, yeah, Paul, like it's, uh, it's this, this, and this. Because if you say, like, if you come in arrogant and you say, hey, I know everything, no one will help you. But if you say, like, hey, I'm pretty, like, green help. at this. I need some help. They're yeah. like, okay, no worries. Like, yeah, we'll yeah. get here. And honestly, now there's new levels of fear because now, because we originally just had to make product for Kentucky, one distributor in Kentucky. Great. Mm-hmm. And it's easy to budget for. Well, now we're making products like R&DC, Indiana. Ohio, the control state, South Carolina, RNDC, and now we have Florida and Maine coming online, hopefully in these next few months. So now it's like, how do you budget? And it's it's almost impossible to think through, and I know I'll get better at it because I'm good at doing it in Kentucky, so I'm hoping I'll be able to do it better in like these multi-states. Yeah. But like, how do you think through at simultaneously what Indiana is doing, because there's different relationships there, versus what's happening in Florida? It's, it's, it, it's actually... As I'm saying this, I'm actually sweating and pitting out right now because it's frightening <laughs> to think about. But it's so interesting that you just think it scares you in the front end. But once you get there, it's like, dude, I've been doing this all along. I can figure this out. Yeah. So frightening, but also at the same time, yeah, figure it out. That's interesting. So like, again, I, I'm, I'm just thinking for, for those out there that are maybe not thinking of 
going into the distillery industry or, you know, the spirits, but for anybody out there thinking of a new thing, I mean, because I think, if anything, 2020 has showed us that this is one year where you have to be able to adapt. Mm-hmm. And what I'm hearing, without putting words in your mouth, Please. is uh, dare to be different. Oh, yeah. Because you landed a pit, you landed a, a successful account, if you will, but, but dare to be different. And then... Um, I don't want to, again, I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, but Please. you're standing on the edge of the cliff looking down, but you were, you're standing on the edge of a cliff looking down at every juncture. And once you get past that fear of like, hey, I'm going to take a leap, I'm going to jump over this cliff, you do that enough and, and, and you start to build a confidence, if you will. Like you're, there's always going to be something you don't know. So, you know, what's different now from when, you know, you knew, you, in March of March twentieth, when you started the business, the wet honeymoon and everything got canceled. You just started doing things, making videos, putting water in the bottle, marketing that, and then uh, so every new challenge that you approached, did you just think back and like, well, I didn't know what I was doing then, and it worked out then, so I'm just gonna keep going full steam ahead, and yeah, a hundred. Well, and also because we are, I, candidly, we're investor driven, so I think. If I, again, my investors don't want a daily recap every day. They don't want to know, they don't want me to email them and say, I dressed up like a surfboard. Yeah, they they don't want to know, like, great joke. Yeah, I made a great joke. They don't want to know, like, oh, I got up at eight, I worked, I did on the work on these accounts. They don't want to know. Yeah. But I like to, I think every day if I woke up, if at the end of the day I could have sent an email to my investors of what I did in my day, would they be happy with it? Yeah. Because if I sent them an email, and there are days where I do this, did I just plan a TikTok all day? Did I just kind of eat? Did I take a longer lunch? Did I work out too long? Did I maybe just kind of get out of the shower and really think, eh, maybe I'll just kind of relax a little bit? Did I, Have there been days like that? And I'm like, shit, no. And in those times when I was just sitting alone and I was thinking, no one cares. In the middle of COVID, no one cared. And I don't mean that in a negative way. No, I'm I not think, trying to be like yeah, yeah, negative, yeah. but no one cared what my problem was because it didn't matter. And no one was just going to help me. Right. No one, again, and it wasn't anyone's job to help me. It was no one's job to help me at, at all in that scenario other than myself. Because everyone was dealing with an issue. Everyone, I mean, people were having people pass away. People were having, there was so much, like people had business, I mean, people yeah. lost their businesses. I was right. fortunate enough to be able to grow a business during that time. Right. And at the end of the yes. day, at the end of the day, I mean, I was fortunate enough to build something. And I'm very fortunate enough, but again, no one cared in that moment because everyone had something they were dealing with and I was dealing with something a little bit different. Um, so it was up 100% to like our team to kind of figure <laughs> to figure something out, which stinks, but that's the reality. And at the end of the day, when thing, when bad things happen, it is always up to us, but it's just, it is just manure. Any bad thing that happens is just manure that you plant more trees on. Yeah. Any bad thing in the world. Yeah. Any it's bad a good thing. good way of looking at it. Any bad thing. It's just manure that you plant more good stuff on top of. Yeah. That's how you have to look at it, because otherwise you go crazy. Right. So we we talked about the liquor store that I yeah. have my that I like to get the the saltwater woody from, and the reason I think it's always there is because they always their rum shelf is in the back. It's facing the back wall. Like you have to go looking for rum to find it in this liquor store. It's not like the fireball that's like on the front of the store. Yep. So is that how, how is it like that in every store? So like, how does that work? It's even crappier actually. So if you think I, I'll, I'll use total wine as the example, which I know isn't local, but I want to use it cause it's the easiest one to use. Yeah. yeah but that's... if you look at total wine in Kentucky, they have, it's a Walmart for liquor. It's right. just huge aisles <laughs> and the rum aisle rum is 2% of their Kentucky portfolio. Wow. So how often 
do you think a random customer is walking down the rum aisle? Then let me raise the stakes. How often do you think someone's walking around the rum aisle looking for something new? <laughs> let me right. make it even harder. How often do you think someone walked down that aisle just primed, just, oh my gosh, saltwater woody? I am here in the rum aisle. Let me just pull this out of the shelf. It's impossible, yeah. frankly. So the really thing, the game you have to play is, how do I get out of the rum aisle? And actually, beyond beyond meat, if you guys know that, it's like a, it's not an yeah. alternative burger. Mm-hmm. They did the same thing. How often are people in the non-meat aisle? Right, yeah. right. Never. Yeah. Well, they blew up with Kroger, one of the grocery chains, because they asked them, hey, can you put us in next to the real meat? And they blew up. Yeah. Because people thought, oh, I've been eating this meat, but this isn't meat. Maybe I'll try it. Cool. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it's our job. To think, how do we think not like a rum, but how do we think as the best tasting spirit? So we, how do we think, how do we get off the shelf? And that's through displays. So like, mm-hmm. for example, in Myron, Indiana, we're in, we have these wooden displays that are like right in the middle of the aisle. So you see, it's oh, like, oh, cool. crap, that looks really good. Salt yeah. what are you cool? Yeah, I'll pull a bottle. Yeah. It's how, and or maybe next to the White Claw, which is, I think, one of our best mixers. Um, how do you get out of the rum aisle? And how do you get people, how do you change people's mind? Because we're not, we're not trying to convince people that drink rum to drink saltwater woody. That's a lost cause because people that drink rum use typically like an aged rum or they might be using it as mixers. And we, we can typically win because we will obviously we're better tasting Picardi all day long. But <laughs> it's hard to convince those people because they might be there on price. They might be there uh, because of loyalty. There's so many reasons it's hard to convince. But if someone's just there to drink something that tastes good at a liquor right, store, right. that person we can win every day uh, because our branding's there. And we know once they bring it home and taste us, it's there. But it's how do you get them to bring it home? And it's a display. It's a social media. It's that AR I mentioned at the beginning of the episode there's so many things to convince someone to say hey i'm just a liquor store to try something oh saltwater woody cool and it's also building relationships with the liquor store owners and right. the tastings right. and there's so yeah. many things to break down on that on yeah. that relationship and uh someone way more experienced in the industry could probably talk even more about how to like win the liquor store but well that's how we do it you mentioned the relationship with the liquor store owner mm-hmm. you kind of talked about like your afternoon day-to-day of like just yeah. going into bars going into restaurants you're probably going into liquor stores too what's your strategy and like you've mentioned florida you've mentioned indiana ohio like are you gonna hire people like let's talk expansion a little bit and like what's your plan there i'm sweating again you're making me (laughs) okay so every state's different so yeah some some states the distributor might help you they might say hey we i mean i have a a sales force in kentucky of 42 people strong because that's my rndc reps Mm -hmm. they have my product in their portfolio they're going to liquor stores every day they're going to bars every day they can sell my product all day long yeah. So if I can convince them to sell my product, I'm done. Call it a day. Right. So that's right. one way to do it. Yeah. And I can also then get even further. I can give the distributors incentives. So I can say, hey, distributor, here's 10 bucks if you get us on a liquor store shelf here. Here's 10 bucks if you get us on a liquor store shelf stop there. Mm-hmm. That's cool. I can do all that. Then I can go even further. I can email a bunch of uh, grocery stores. I can email a bunch of bars and restaurants. And I can say, hey, you guys want me to send you a simple sample bottle or some swag or some shirts? Would love to be on a menu. Cool. Oh, great. We're We're buddies. Thanks for putting us on the menu. You can play those games, and that doesn't have to be there. But yeah. then, obviously, there is a point where I'll have to be on site. So, for example, Indianapolis, I'll probably go there a couple of weeks uh, a month or a week a month and do some tastings up there just so I can be boots on the ground and maybe do what's called a ride-along where I tell my distributor, hey, I'm going to be up. Can I literally sit in the car with one of the distributor reps in there for them the entire day as they go to all their accounts so I can pitch my product with them there. Yeah. It's just a fun way to build. I can't do that in COVID, obviously. But again, and then South Carolina, Florida. And there's also, again, I'm, this is for anyone listening who's in the industry is probably going to roll their eyes because they know this so well. But for anyone not listening, this might be too much or an overkill. I'm not sure what, what's going to happen. <laughs> but 
In Florida, for example, it's such a big state. It's almost like five states in one, right? How do you tackle it? How do you tackle the money we have? We don't have a ton of money. So you think, well, you hire what's called a broker. Mm -hmm. So we have our distributor. We have all our chain, all the accounts, but then you also have a broker. Mm -hmm. And basically the broker is between the supplier, us, and the distributor. And they basically help manage the state. So they might have, like a broker in Florida might have 10, 10 different accounts. They might have a, they might have like a Tito's or a Screwball, or they might have a bunch of things in their portfolio, but they help go, they go the chains for you. They're your boots on the ground. They're your again, salesman. But it's a little lost because again, if someone came in right now to your basement right now and said, hey, by the way, do you want to buy Tito's? It's this good vodka. Or do you want to buy Wicked Dolphin Rum? This good rum. If you want to buy this, this, uh, this, this, and this, and then the eighth product they get to is, oh, you want to buy Saltwater Woody? And then, oh, and then you want to buy this whiskey. Then you want to buy this. You'd be like, I want to buy Saltwater Woody. They have 10 other products. Yeah. I'll pick one or two of them, but I can't pick all. Especially when you never heard of it. Exactly. And they're not actually, they're not repping our brand. Like they're not wearing Saltwater Woody swag. They're not right, like, right, right. as dumb as I am. They're not goofy. <laughs> they're, there's not, there's a lot of brand loss there. So again, it's, it's, there's no perfect answer to how growth, what growth looks like. But right. I will say is every state's different. Every state has a plan and everything we're kind of learning as we go. So again, we have a broker in Florida we're going to partner with and they're going to get us with RNC. Uh, but again, it's, do we know what it'll look like in four months? No. We have yeah. some pretty solid contracts. We're hoping that work out. Uh, but again, it's not it's not a one to one perfect relationship where I'm sure it'll work out. Yeah. Well, and and so okay, the broker for Florida, but you uh, is this the first time you've utilized services like that of a broker? Like when you went around and got Kentucky, that was was that Paul Heitzman? Hundred percent me. Well, in the trenches, you're and your RT. partners. Yeah. Yeah, your company. Hundred percent us. Hundred percent us. And Indiana. And again, it's also it's also relationship building again. I have to build good relationships with my distributors because my distributors don't like me. They're not going to push my product. Mm -hmm. So I have to build good relationships with them. And luckily aren't all the dudes who work in RNC are dope. So I'm like, I can be friends with them all day long. Like, it's not even building relationships. It's literally me wanting to hang out with them because I actually think they're cool as hell. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. So it's a lot easier. But again, and Indiana too, it's like, you know, we got lucky with Meyer because of a relationship and there were people who actually genuinely enjoyed us and wanted to hang out with us. So it was easier to build that because of relationships. It all, 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 all comes down to relationships. And again, you know, the ground game in Kentucky has been a little bit different because I, again, I, there's a lot of bars and restaurants that I've gone into and actually worked really hard to get into mm -hmm. that if it weren't COVID, it wouldn't have been hard because like I get all the time. Someone tells me we're just in survival mode. I'm not taking on new liquor brands. And I get it. I don't shame them. I'm not like, I, yeah. I don't get turned off because I'm like, they're right. Yeah. Everyone's struggling right now, especially in Kentucky where they shut down the fucking bars like, right, like a week right, ago or something, right. whatever. Yeah. yeah. So I don't, I get it. But I just hope that when everything's over, they're like, oh, Paul, you came in. I'll give you a chance. Cool. Let's do it. Yeah. Hoping. So, so yeah, I'd love to explore that a little more. Please. So, yeah. So how do you, and you kind of talked about it earlier and maybe it is that simple. It sounds great, but how do you get to the past the gatekeeper to the decision maker like in these is it is it the it's, bar manager at so, all times i love that you said use that terminology because that's what i use in banking yes. I think, how do you exactly. get past the gatekeeper it's what we yeah. use in insurance too. the difference yeah. is there are no gatekeepers in the bar industry there okay. are just workers everyone's just there to make money yeah. and serve the company so all i have to do i'm a i'm going in as a customer 
I'm probably going to buy a drink. Yeah. So I literally just sit at the bar and I say, guys, who wants to get drunk with me right now? And I'm going to be sitting at the bar no matter what. So the yeah. bartender has to look at me. Right. And they're like, right. oh my gosh, Saltwater Woody. I think I might have heard of this. And even if they had, I'm like, oh my gosh, you're doing me dirty. Like, I haven't even heard of Saltwater Woody. They're like, yeah. is there someone here, by the way? Who's your, hey, who who buys your liquor? You guys, yeah. Who, who does the little buy? Oh, he's Paul. He's not here. Uh, he gets here on Thursdays. Oh, can I just, I'll, I'll just swing back by. Yeah, yeah, no big deal. Here's a, here's a coaster or something. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's just being there. All you have to do is be there because um, there is no, again, and as long as, I mean, that's not perfect, obviously. Sometimes right, they right, might right. say like, hey, we're not looking to buy anything. I'm like, totally cool. But again, nine times out of 10, I'm literally selling something that's fun. If I were selling yeah. there that was like, if I were literally going there to punch them in the face, I might not be able to sell that as easily. But <laughs> I'm literally selling insurance? them something that, hey, I, had, you know, I wasn't going to say that. Uh, you think you I, yeah. I came from banking. I came from banking. That was an you. easy dig. Yeah, that <laughs> was an easy I came from banking. <laughs> Try selling treasury services. Yeah. It's a pretty tough one. Uh, but at least insurance, you have to buy it. Exactly. <laughs> treasury services. Oh my goodness. No. Uh, but the difference is I'm coming in there and I'm, and again, I'm also not, and again, none of us are here, but like, again, you could be a douchebag. Mm-hmm. Like I, there are so many people in the distilling game that make me so mad because there's an air, there's a certain air of arrogance that like, I deal with all the time. Like people, like be, you guys know craft beer guys, right? There's oh, a ton of craft beer guys. Yes. And yeah. how many craft, like how many craft beer guys do you know that are assholes? Like usually guys in craft beer, when you talk to like the founder of the brewery, it's just some fucking dude who's just like chill and like yes. you want to hang out with him. He's like he likes yeah. beer. Yeah. He wants to like he wants to give you a free beer. He's right, just super right, nice right. and chill. Cool, right. yeah. 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 Spirits, totally different. Everyone kind of again. I'm totally painting with a pipe, paint, uh, a wide brush, and yeah, people listening, broad, if Picardi's yeah, listening, they're gonna like hate me right now. But again, there, there there's such an air of arrogance that if like if uh, I can literally see it now, or see people, the founder of a distillery walks into a bar and says, "You don't have us on the menu." Oh my gosh, like we're the <laughs> finest spirit here and we use this. And it's like, no, dude. Like, yeah, can I talk about the inside of our product? Can I tell you why it's the best product ever? Yes. And I know that's true. But again, I'm not going to be like a fucking douchebag and I say like, hey, like we're some like $800 bottle that's like this and that because it makes me so mad. Yeah. And so many people yeah. play that game. And I don't know how the, those people sell because the people I sell to would never buy from those people. So I don't, I honestly don't know how those brands exist. It's got to just be like status. People it's 100%. Status. People wanting to say they bought the eight hundred dollar bottle, and that's why they do it. Yeah, I don't get it. Yeah, that's that's like a huge part of marketing. It's like I've had we've had people tell us like, hey, you guys uh, should put your bottle at sixty dollars. Why? Because it's easier to sell a bottle at sixty dollars than it's twenty dollars. Why? So that's your marketing plan. Just put it at sixty dollars yeah, and convince pricey. people it's expensive. And it's like yeah. that's like and again, I get it. Like some brands are more expensive. Like if you age bourbon twelve years. Yeah, obviously, that's yeah. more freaking expensive. It takes yeah, space, yeah. takes labor. It, exactly. It costs more money. There's so many things to factor into it. But again, so many people have this like kind of era about themselves because they you know, did something or built this brand. And again, I'd like to think I did a lot of really cool things, but I'm more like excited about it than I am like braggadocious about it. Like I'm not going to mm-hmm. like – again. The TikToks I'm making are not cool. They are lame. Like, again, I am going to be the first one to be the freaking lamest guy in a room any time of the day than I would be the like the some asshole there. Oh, it just makes me mad. Total tangent. I'm sorry. But it's just entertaining is all. I mean, thank you. That's well, all you're trying to do. It's, a, it's authentic. It's thank you, you, right? right. So, I texted, I look like a total shithead right now because I'm in sweatpants because I was like, today was a long we're day. We're both wearing hoodies, by Thank the way. God. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> 
Uh, and I, I just happened to Beckman. be in the office. Uh, he's, he's, he's professional. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. So for one of my TikToks recently, I had to put on a suit and tie. And honestly, you would have thought it was garlic on a vampire. <laughs> so I wore a suit and tie every single day for six years. Yep. I even did it in high school. I would send messages, shirt and tie, I guess. Yeah. And I had to put on this. And I wear, I mean, I wear whatever I fucking want to do today. And in the summer, it's even worse. Like I wear shorts and a fucking like Hawaiian shirt into most accounts because I don't care. And they don't care. Yeah. And yeah. that's actually better. But yeah. that no nothing. But I put on that shirt and tie, and you would have thought like the second I was done filming, I literally almost ripped off the <laughs> buttons. I was so upset that I was wearing it. It it physically hurt my body. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So the golden question, were you wearing shorts with your shirt and tie, or were you actually wearing- Oh, I was wearing shorts, hundred yeah. percent. I was there was nothing. <laughs> there was no tucked in. It was not no no no. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. That would have been too far. If I had to put on a belt again, oh, Man, there was a time where I couldn't picture you outside of that attire. I know. Gosh, that hurts. That physically hurts that that is a brand image of me. That's crazy. Well, yeah. in, so in that vein, I, I wanted to ask you this earlier. So how much of Paul Heitzman, you right now in your quintessential mode, is is that a part of the Saltwater Woody brand? Like if you take Paul and your two partners out of Saltwater Woody, what does that look like? Oh, so no, no, no. Okay, so no, no, no. I, great question, but I think it's a kind of a two-part question. I want to answer yeah, both yeah, yeah. that way. So my 100% of my being right now, I do consider to be Saltwater Woody. Mm-hmm. Like I, I actually, at the beginning of 2021, sense. this yeah. is going to get total, total transcendental here. But I actually don't, I don't read the news. I don't pay attention to politics. I gave all of it up. Yeah. Turned all of it off. Hyper-focus. I pay attention to nothing. There are five things that matter. Faith, family, friends, career, community. Those are the only things I think bleed the matter. Nothing else matters. And I I could not, there's not enough time to explain how that's all that matters. And everything else is just a distraction. Yeah, yeah. yeah the yeah. biggest one, obviously family, take care of my wife, friends. I try to see my friends as much as I can. It's COVID, so it's kind of tough. Community, I, I volunteer at the soup kitchens on Thursdays. Uh, but the biggest one's career. Yeah, yeah. Anything outside of that yeah. five is only a distraction for your career. Yeah. If you yeah. want to take your life to the next level, you've got to turn everything off. Yeah. Because... I get in, my mood is so much affected by my company that if I also let it be affected by what's going on nationally or internationally or anywhere, mm-hmm, I, would, mm-hmm. I would lose my mind. Yeah. But I've so much become consumed with this brand that I joke, like, let's just say, like, if some, like, some huge company like Pernod Ricard were to pay us $500 million for Saltwater Woody, I would make sure there was a contract that said, keep Paul, because yeah. I fundamentally cannot leave this brand right now. Yeah. yeah. I legitimately, like, I'm not kidding. I can't, like, Saltwater Paul exists to sell more cases, obviously. Yeah. But, like, I can now, I cannot fundamentally envision myself without Saltwater Woody. Like, I cannot. I think that, I, I don't know. I mean. It's also sad. You can, you can say no, it. It's also no, sad. I get sad it. <laughs> no, it's not sad. It, like, I'm, I'm hearing it thinking that, I, to me, that's what it takes. It yeah. seems to me that's what it takes. Every entrepreneur I've ever talked to, every successful person I've talked to, has said something along those lines. I think Warren Buffett said that you're the average of the five people you hang around with the most. And so, and, and in that quote, he was like, you need to surround yourself with like-minded individuals mm. that believe in the same thing, that have that focus, that have that drive. But I thought, oh yeah, I don't need to fuck that a full bottle. Who am I, crazy? <laughs> Dude, it's, um, it goes down the, so well. It does. Wait till you try it, lemon. I'm not kidding, Once you guys. it hits your lips. 
<laughs> well, actually, so again, good. so actually breaking down, we actually haven't even talked about the product. Yeah, and no, I didn't even I tell you about the taste profile about the product. But again, so I will give you guys the tasting experience about Saltwater Woody. Please. So yes. if you guys notice, actually, the first thing I did with you guys, and again, if you're just now listening, listen to the ASMR in my voice. Um, no, I'm totally kidding. <laughs> uh, but you know, honestly, the first the first thing you ever do with Saltwater Woody is obviously you give it a smell. Because yeah. like I mentioned before, yeah. Yeah. salt water breaks down molecules, puts them into the air. That is a a scientific fact. So in, when you smell a product, it smells more like grapefruit than it does alcohol mm-hmm. because the grapefruit particles are getting broken down and getting into the air. Very simple. But then, because so much of taste is smell, but at the end of the day, what is the taste? Well, it's obviously real fruit juice. It's grapefruit juice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But at the end of the day, salt on your palate breaks down bitterness, enhances sweet flavors, and also enhances citrus. NPR, ironically enough, at the same time we're doing all this, literally, it's almost like I could have paid NPR. I didn't because I can't afford it. But NPR <laughs> did a story on why. Because you ever heard of like any of your guys' grandpas like ever put salt on uh, a grapefruit? Oh, yeah. Yeah. My, my mom still does that. I mean, when I was you a know kid, why? she would always. Yeah. You know what? No. It's no. all propaganda. And this is proven <laughs> by NPR. So Figures, during... mom. God damn it. <laughs> God, yeah. <laughs> <into> propaganda. <laughs> yeah. But in, in World War II, there was a the sugar factories all kind of shut down to make stuff for the war, and because of that, people weren't buying grapefruits because people would put sugar on grapefruit because yeah, the yeah, grapefruit yeah. is naturally bitter. Well, the salt companies and the grapefruit companies all got together and said, "Let's do a marketing campaign to say you should put salt on your grapefruit instead." Meanwhile, they didn't actually know science didn't exist at the time to explain why salt made things taste less, more sweet and less bitter, but they put it out anyway. There was a huge propaganda machine. And everyone everyone put salt on grapefruit every morning. It was healthy. It was better. It tasted great. Whatever. Oh, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't until the 80s yeah, the that a scientist... The <laughs> salt of the Yes. It wasn't until the 80s that a scientist actually found that salt isn't actually making it sweeter. But what it's doing... And again, this is where my I lose a little bit of my science background because I'm not science background. But salt on your palate is actually blocking the ions... That basically tell your brain, hey, this is bitter. So it's not actually changing the product right. itself. It's just, it's, not, pre- it's just basically telling your brain, hey, don't don't listen to the bitter side of this. Only listen to the sweet. Okay. Huh. And actually, scientists and the that NPR is- article ends with basically saying, we're still understanding how salt works with our palate, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, I'm understanding it every day. I'm doing my studies <laughs> and we're sampling it now. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it is actual science. And it's so funny because we got the idea because a bunch of New York mixologists were putting a drop of saline solution every cocktail they made. Because of salt's properties, it awakens flavor. And at the end of the day, all we did was we didn't put it in the cocktail, we didn't put it in the we didn't put it in the actual distilling process, we just put it after. We blended it for eight hours with the salt water, and that is what makes a superior product. True story. That's right. So that is why saltwater woody is the best tasting, best smelling spirit you'll ever have. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't believe that it's 70 proof and that I didn't smell any alcohol. You'll remember that yeah. tomorrow you'll remember that tomorrow morning, I promise yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> and actually the dangerous thing is our original, so we're drinking our flavored products, which are obviously our flagships. Um, but our original rum, which is basically just a, uh, it's a rum without the flavoring. There's no, no, no fruit juice or anything, but it has still has that salt water content. Yeah. So the neat thing about that is I call it our spirit looking for a friend. Because again, you wouldn't drink our original straight. It's 80 proof. You wouldn't just drink it straight. It doesn't have any flavor to it. It, right, it, it right. tastes like a rum. It has the vanillas, has the has the caramels, it has all that. Yeah. But you mix it with something. What's your favorite drink? Is it is it Gatorade? Is it Focus. Red Bull? Is it Focus? Which Focus, by the way? 
uh, Coca-Cola right now. Oh my gosh. I have to show you after this. I'm going to show you a video because we do partner with Focus. I love the guys at Focus. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Said, okay, so well, well, Rob and Cola, you made it too easy on me. So obviously there's in yeah. Cola, the flavors in Cola you're tasting that you like are probably the, obviously the caramels that are very, yeah, yeah. and that's why a Rum and Coke is so popular because you're, you're basically taking caramels, adding together the sweets and all that good stuff. Yeah. Uh, but the neat thing is the salt content in the original doesn't have anything to enhance. Okay. And the grapefruit enhances the grapefruit. So the salt water in the original doesn't have anything to enhance. So you mix it with something. Then that salt water is going to enhance whatever you mix it with. As so, long as it's following certain properties. Again, it might right, not right. enhance a dairy flavor or anything like that. Yeah. But I'll tell you, that salt <laughs> content is going to mix with whatever you take and it's going to make it better. And the difference is, and this is candid, I'm not supposed to actually say this. This is things we can't say. But I have blacked out more on our original more than I have our grapefruit because I mix it every time and I forget I'm drinking Is it. the proof yeah, the same? Yeah, yeah. 80 proof. Okay. So it's a little more. But my party trick is when I do it in tastings is I take a mixer and most mixers like the buy a liquor store I'll say mix it 2 to 1 or 3 to 1. Okay. But I always show them I'm like hey I'm going to mix this at 1 to 1. I'm going to mix it 80 proof rum with one mixer 1 to 1 and I want mm-hmm. you to tell me how much rum you taste. They're like, and nine times out of ten, I win because they're like, well, I don't taste any rum. I'm right. tasting alcohol. Yeah, and that's how good our mixer is. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I great. was thinking opposite. I was thinking two, two to rum, one to oh, the mixer. Two parts mixer. Typically, want to have one okay. mixer. For example, most gotcha. times, that again, shows how much most I'm times drinking, our grapefruit rum will make well, as you should. Uh, <laughs> most I'm, times, I'm more of a seventy-five twenty-five kind of guy. <laughs> just a just a splash. Like it's like a, it's like a Long Island iced tea. Just yeah. a splash of uh, splash of tea on uh, coconut yeah, top. Yeah. But most times when uh, when when uh, bartenders make the drink we're making now, which is just soda water and uh, grapefruit, we should have a lime on top. I forgot to bring limes. They'll mix it three to one or two to one, uh, gotcha. and that's going to be the optimal. And on mixed drink Mondays, I usually do two to ones where I mix like a bunch of different drinks with a saltwater woody. Uh, it's typically two to one because uh, I think that's where you get the most. It dilutes it enough. You still get the flavor. I think that's where it really is. Gotcha. Interesting. I was I was expecting a pro tip like from a Coyote Ugly, like <laughs> like take, take, the, take the shot and spit it back into the. You knew you. I need to get better at that because <laughs> the hard thing is, and I and actually this is where I do get serious and I say I do I 100% drive safely. I never drink right. and drive. I 100% Absolutely. ride the way responsibly. That is our tagline because it is so important <laughs> in an industry that is very much dangerous. But the dangerous thing is in an industry, it's so, there's so much compelling times where you want to drink and i have gotten oh yeah both good and bad one i have gotten good because i now if i'm ever going to drink it's in within walking distance and i've had to leave my car oh, some nice. places because i always i always play safe because yeah. also i never saw my car out there but it's literally says saltwater what do y'all yes it. Yeah. Uh, it's amazing i love it but yeah. the funny thing is i've had to get so much better at saying okay don't drink this actually because oh, every time it's like I'm, again i'm doing a tasting oh probably gonna drink your own product and i was like if I say no, it's like, oh, you don't like your then products? It's like, yeah. no, I love my product, but I love it enough that I know I don't need to I have it now. Right, yeah, right. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Again, yeah. and also I do this, uh, and this is a bartender thing. You know, if you take a straw and you put your finger over the top of it, or you put it in a drink and you put your finger over the top of it and you pull it out, mm-hmm. it'll keep a little bit in there, right? right. That's yeah. like a thing. That, that's what people do when they taste cocktails. Really? You take a straw, yeah. put your finger on the top, put it in the cocktail, and you just put it up to your mouth, yeah. and you've tasted the cocktail. And it's a way to sip the cocktail so every, like eight people can drink out of it because you just take right, one straw right, right. oh yeah sip. everybody uses so now I just when someone makes me a cocktail I use that and I have less than probably point point oh oh two ounces of something and right, I've had the cocktail right. and I'm happy yeah exactly. a little pro tip for the yeah full of pro tips well not to get on my soapbox here That's but I, I love it I love soapboxes I'm about to with with drinking and driving I absolutely agree you know why why risk it but in our age with Uber and lift. Oh, yes. I, 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 to this day, I, I still, I, 
you know, but when you're in, when you're, you know, I guess we're what, 30, I'm 33, you're 33. 33, yeah. Yeah, hell. Paul's 34, 35. 30, 30. <laughs> I think he's 40. Closer to 25. Actually. 29? Oh, yeah, man, dude. Nice, nice. That's awesome, there, dude. There, yeah. Under 30 and uh, starting, you know, that's, that's yeah. very impressive. Again, you're, you're impressive. But back to my soapbox, it's like um, I don't understand why young people have a hard time, or anybody, with... Um, with drinking and driving, you, you, there's so many options these days. I mean, before, yeah. you know, utilize those, you know, I, I, I don't know. It, 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 you it, talk about leaving your car. I just, I Uber both ways. Yeah. I don't even, you have to have forward thinking to be able to do that. I never yeah. have forward yeah. thinking. I, I already know that I'm going to probably leave the car if I take it. So yeah. it's just like, I'd rather wake up with my car in the, in the garage and yeah, oh. yeah. Yeah, there is nothing spend, worse than having a hangover or waking up. Twenty five dollars. Yeah, and then having to get trip. figure out where your car is. Shoot me in the face. Yeah. Luckily, it never gets that bad. But I'm telling you, when COVID comes back or when COVID's gone, yeah, yeah, yeah there's gonna the be the collective hangover and blackout <laughs> from that. Oh, yeah. is gonna be a rolling. Blackout. So, so what do you think about that? Like, I'm as well um, as a realtor. <laughs> My shameless plug here. I love to do marketing events that, that like, last year in February, my buddy um, at the time, Sam Heine, he's another realtor, but we... Oh, Sam Heine, good dude. Yeah. Oh, you know Sam? Of course. Yeah. We were okay. actually locker buddies for freshman year of high school because Heinzman, Heine... Oh my gosh, oh, yeah. yeah. Sam Heine's a good dude. Yeah. yeah, so Sam. Sam's a great guy. He believes in the same... He believes in... You know the cave on Lexington Road? Yeah. So we, we, we rented that venue out from uh, Mike Ratterman, who actually owns the property and the Airbnbs above yeah. it. And we had a Valentine's Day party in that cave, and it was incredible. We ended up on WHAS's like, top ten things to do in the world. I saw that. Day. We had to turn people away Fuck, because yeah. the marshals came. I mean, it was... It was absurd, but it was. That's genius. It was a it was a great event. Sam was a great partner to partner with, but we haven't been able to do any of these things. And I'm trying to figure out what post COVID looks like, and mm. and and timing like okay, so vaccines are coming out. People mm. are starting to win. What what do you think? You know, because you're obviously going to want a problem. I would assume. Oh right? my gosh. Yeah. So what's going to be? What are you guys planning for? So, what does that look like for you? Picture, what kind of events? I picture are you a doing? hype Louisville event with uh, oh. featuring saltwater Woody. Saltwater Woody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna be just like yeah. having bottles in both hands, pouring it in people's mouths yeah. all over the place. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. That is that is the that is again that's on everyone's yeah, 60, minds, 60, of course. And I obviously again, as I mentioned, I don't I don't watch the news. I don't watch politics. I just go by what the rules are. And I like to think. And my wife, my wife got vaccinated, um, and I like to think. If the people who are most worried about catching the disease are marked as safe, then there is no reason that the general population cannot get back to normal. Right. That is a best case scenario where I believe, and actually some people in the industry are saying that March, April is going to be when we start to see the glimpse of the end of this. And by summer, like June, people joke, the pride parade in Louisville is when we're going to see like truly, like that's when it's going to be fucking nuts. Yeah. Like we're not seeing the, we're not seeing March, the the St. Patrick's Day parade, which I'm so bummed about. Yeah. But again, yeah. I think March, April is when we're truly going to see that like glimpse. The weather and, will be turning too. Oh, so. and the weather will be turning, which yeah. again, factors vitamin D. There's so many factors yeah. there. Um, but again, I don't know. There's so many ways to take that question because you could go, there's, I mean, there's a spectrum because you could take, could take the negative of like the articles that say we're going to have COVID the rest of our lives, get, get used to wearing a mask, blah, blah. But you can also see the signs that are like, well, hey, if all the old people get it, like, hey, those are the people, that's 65% of the deaths. Like if the average age of death for COVID is higher than the average life expectancy, you understand that most people who are older are dying from this. So again, as long as the people who are most affected by this are safe, 
There's no reason that the rest of the community cannot get back to normal and normal with an asterisk. And I hope that asterisk doesn't exist because I hate when people say the new normal. I yeah. fundamentally <laughs> hate that phrase um, because I don't think it to be true. Because, I, I, again, I know every single person. And also, if you have any trips booked for 2021, book them now. Because once uh, this is all over. trip in two weeks. I know. Oh, well. Well, that 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 you're safe there. But what I'm saying is the lines to get into Disney oh, World, oh, the, yeah. whatever yeah. shitty whatever yeah. shitty dive bar is right next door to your house, you're not gonna be able to get in there anymore. Right. Yeah. Because right. people are going to be in there in droves. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. People are gonna be yeah. clamoring. People call it like what's the po- like pre post like the happy COVID world and the po- like the negative COVID world. Like what are the companies that are doing well in COVID? Maybe like Amazon, Zoom, and all those. Yeah. yeah. What are the ones that are doing bad? AMC. Um, all the dr- alcohol company or uh, bars, movie restaurants, all the movie theaters, whatever, yeah. all those. Cinema. The one and uh, Carnival Cruise Lines. Car- yes, it's gonna it's gonna flip. Yeah, yes, and that's why you can damn well bet we want to be the number one rum well, on these Carnival absolutely. Cruise cocktails. Heck yeah, um, we're trying to do that. We're actually working on that right now. Carnival, if you're listening, <laughs> I will get you a free bottle tomorrow. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but. In all honesty, we're just we're just we're just preparing. We'd love to have you on the show. Too. And yeah, <laughs> also, yeah, if the beverage director is listening, yeah, please come on the show. Also, yeah. um, but we'll provide the rum. Yeah, yeah, we'll, yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever, and actually, whatever you want. You don't yeah, you, yeah. anything you want. But yeah. um, but in all honesty, I think the the and everyone in the world, like as much as there is this animosity of like you know, because we all see the animosity. Like if someone didn't wear their mask, you know, someone yes, you know would not yeah. want to get a vaccine. There's so much animosity around like this 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 kind of polarization right now in COVID and there shouldn't even be a polarization. Uh, but right, all it yeah. should be is just ending this. Yeah. And if yeah. ending it is whatever it takes. And if everyone who is more afraid or more nervous or more at risk is taken care of, there's no reason that the general population can get back to normal. And I hope and pray that that's true and i'm hoping in three months i'm gonna joke about this podcast and listen to this like oh paul remember when you thought it might like you had the negative side like you shouldn't be negative but we're all happy now yeah. hope that's the case <laughs> which is part of your brand right? which is part of my brand we're yeah, sponsoring yeah, the end yeah. of coronavirus guys yeah, yeah. yeah actually no never mind totally side note never mind no totally side note what um so um god i had a great question there but i know i talk too much i know i do <laughs> no, 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 no. i talk um, too much what do you think like so again let's let's just jump forward like five yeah, years even yeah. three years five years we're post-covid saltwater woody is is doing great it's very successful you're happy you're still doing what you're doing you're loving it what do you think you will will you is there anything that the city of louisville provided you that that made you successful or, or do you think there's any way that you'll be giving back to to our community, our local community here. Yeah, I know. I know. It's a tough, it's a loaded question. I, I didn't even know that one was coming. That was a good one. <laughs> I know. No pressure, oh, Paul. Shit. I'll be running for mayor. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't want that job. You couldn't, you That's couldn't really me. Really yeah, I mean, well, you're a local native and, yeah. you know, I love listening to entrepreneurs here in Louisville, but it does seem that like Kentucky, like West Virginia is a state where, you know, we tend to have entrepreneurs and successful people and they some some of them tend to to grow out now not all of them i know my you know but i just i wondered what what louisville looks like for saltwater woody in the mm-hmm. next in the next few years if wow that's a really hard question i know and it's kind of, it, 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 so i am born and raised in louisville kentucky my dad was born and raised in louisville kentucky my granddad was born and raised in louisville kentucky. i love louisville kentucky more than anywhere in the world yeah yeah we all do, I think. But yeah, of course. Yeah, and and life, but life comes at you fast. Mm-hmm. Three years ago, 
I would have answered that question as I'd be in Louisville the rest of my life. Yeah. And yeah. today, I don't know what that answer is because yeah. let's just say five years from now, we want to build a distillery. Yeah. That distillery might be built in Louisville, but also might be built in Florida, might right. be built in California, might be built in South Carolina. And do I know if I had to be there? Do I have to be there? No. I don't know. Does my wife want to move there? Maybe. Or does my wife from Columbus, we maybe want to move to Columbus so I can travel more for the company. Because again, my, my, I'm not supposed to be, if I'm a salesperson, I'm not supposed to be in Louisville. Right. You're I'm on supposed the to road. be in Indianapolis. I'm supposed to be in Columbus. I'm supposed to be in South Carolina. I'm really? supposed to be in Florida and Maine. Yeah. So I have to make sure my wife's happy. As I mentioned, the faith, family, friends, career, community. Absolutely. Family is a big one. I have to make sure yeah. my wife's as happy as possible. So, you know, three to five years I hope I have the freedom to choose mm-hmm. to say I want to be in Louisville as much as I can and I want to you know, support my family and my family in Louisville as much as I can. But, you know, we I, say we're we're an American brand. We're not Kentucky brand. We're not a Columbus brand. We're not an Ohio brand. We're not, we're not a South Carolina brand. We are an American brand. And it's hard for me to answer strictly just in the Louisville side of things because I don't think I have a perfect answer. But what I do know is we will continue to have 100% American supply chain. So always support American first. Hell yeah. And also, <laughs> our headquarters will always be paying city taxes in the city of Louisville because our headquarters is in the in city Louisville. of Louisville on Frankfurt Avenue. But I really don't know what the future and, – and again, the five years – again, in the next two years, I'm going to be crushing Louisville. Like yeah. We have our – yeah. we, you're going to see like actually there are bars in Louisville like Baxter's and Parlor on Frankfurt that are going to get major saltwater woody designs. Like you're going to see entire walls that, nice. are, that are tributes to saltwater woody, like these cool things. Yeah, but I hope in like maybe four years, I'm saying that about you know multiple cities across the U.S. that have right. that, and I don't know where I'm going to be at, and I don't know where I'm going to be, and that's literally I'm pinning out again. But <laughs> yeah, it's a really hard thing to answer. Do you, Do you well, think there's anything that the city of Louisville could have done that ha- would have helped, like start the launch? I mean, I'm just hearing you know COVID, and it all started right when when that broke out, and so I don't know if any jurisdiction not jurisdiction any city or municipality could have helped you really but like is there something that louisville could have done differently that that might have made it easier on you as an entrepreneur i don't Mm. know you know i'll answer that first in the positive and i would this is gonna sound like i'm full of shit because i am usually full of shit but i will say and i always said this to stockers and i still say it's alder woody why pal is the reason why i am where i am today that's excellent. Because the great... reason why I met John Ackerman for Drunken Money, mm-hmm. it's the reason why I was able to meet. And again, you're the sum of the five people you're around the most. Yeah. And if you if all you do is get home from work, go out with the same five friends that you've known since grade school, right? And you t- complain about your job, you never do anything about it, you will never be successful. Yep. But if after work you go around people, some people you don't want to be around because again, not everyone white house perfect. Right, you don't want right, to be around right. all of them. No, right, no, right, there's people in the world right. you don't want to be around. Yeah. But again, if you're going out and doing something different around people that are actually willing to fucking do something with their lives, yeah, yeah, then yeah. you will become a better person. And that is, I will 100% credit to why about what it did well. Now, what Louisville, I think, didn't do, and there's no perfect answer, and maybe, again, not to sound political, but Kentucky has been hard on the small businesses that I rely on for my success, my business. And that's bars and restaurants. Yep. Uh, yep. The, namely the second shutdown for bars and restaurants. And all I know is I delivered, uh, we delivered those like, like Capri Sun bags, like those mm-hmm. to go bags. You might yep. saw we did to go cocktails. Yeah. Bars give out to go yeah. cocktails. Yeah. And I delivered those on the Thursday before the shutdown. And I asked everyone like, how are you guys doing? Are you guys doing okay? And every single person was like, well, no, I'm about to lose my job tomorrow. And, I'm a big fan of you never trust anyone who's not affected by their own decisions. 
And I believe there are certain people who made decisions that were not affected by them. I think that's a shame. Um, now, I know there's a higher risk right now with COVID, but there were just certain things that I think were not handled correctly. And it hurt not only my business because of the business I rely on, but also the businesses that I, that I do rely on. Right. right. Um, so I think that that's one thing that could have been done differently. But again, I don't have a crystal ball. I don't know what would happen if it didn't happen. I don't know if it would happen if it did. So I can't say that perfect answer. But again, COVID just sucks. Moral story. Yeah. But sure. the, the positive is, is that you're networking through YPAL. Damn straight. Uh, I, that's not even, I joke with Anne-Marie because I say this in a lot of things. And some people, some people say it as a joke. I'm saying it as the 100%, 100% real reason for my success in Louisville. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I could actually agree with that. Yeah, you I, said that. I say, I say the same thing. I mean, it, it shaped how I network. I mean, it, that was really, when I was diving into networking, that's where I started. And I learned a lot from YPAL. Mm-hmm. But I told somebody today, you can't just, to me, if I would have just gone, like that wouldn't have really gotten, that, I wouldn't have gotten as much out of it. it. But yeah, you get what you put into it. I got it. I became an ambassador. I got on the board. I I became president. Like I, I Paul dove. Paul was your boss. I dove all, <laughs> Paul was my boss. Exactly. Yeah. No, I dove oh, all the Lord. way in. You dove all the way in. Like you, we, I mean, I don't. You and I probably are similar in the fact you don't. We don't really half-ass things. We're either going to do it or we're not. Yeah. So clear. yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I mean, yeah. It, it shaped how I network and it, it changed my career too. So hundred percent. Yeah. Hashtag Y pal. Hashtag Y pal. Hashtag Y Y pal. Y Y pal. Yeah. Double Y. Yeah. Man, I wish you had brought more of that saltwater wood. I know. Jeez, yeah. yeah. you're just lucky I didn't bring the original. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, no, no amount of Uber would have helped me there. No. When you're in your own home and your wife's upstairs. Well, yeah, actually, yeah. I tell you, I wish I would have brought lemon White Claw because mixing oh, this yeah. lemon White Claw, Ooh. number one mixer pro tip, lemon White Claw with our grapefruit saltwater woody is, I lemon think, one White of the best Claw. mixers. Now, there's some debate. Tropical Red Bull, super good. Soda water, very basic and lime. There's a lot of good mixers, but I think lemon White Claw is one of the best. Good to know. All right, but tune into yeah. the next Mixed Drink Monday. We might have find a new one. Who knows? Yeah. So, yeah. so what is Mixed Drink Monday? Is that is that your podcast? So, or? oh no. So it's just something I do on Instagram Live with Solomon oh, Woody, where okay. every Monday, and again, it's just to basically get a partnership with like a large brand. But yeah, <laughs> all I do is like, oh, and actually, I want to do it bigger. Like, imagine like if you go into the drink section in Walmart or Kroger, you know how many freaking drinks there are. Oh. Yeah. So, like, again, so it's and think about the different, well, different think about the different categories. Think about how much different ones: energy drinks, sodas, juices, yeah. all the different, like, again, seltzer water, natural oh, seltzer waters, both alcoholic and non-alcoholic. Yeah. 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 We, I have enough content for the rest of my life. Actually, yeah. I could do one a day for the next two years, and probably still have and more to do. Not run out. Yeah. But essentially, what I do is I basically get a brand. So like, let's just say Red Bull. I bring up Red Bull. I get eight of their, seven or eight of their uh, products, and I mix them with Saltwater Woody, and I see what happens. I rank them, basically. Mm-hmm. So basically, I'm on Instagram Live, and I basically take Tropical Rebel, mix it one to two, two to one, with uh, Saltwater Woody, and I either do the grapefruit or the original, and I basically taste it, I give them my opinions, and I say six out of 10, five out of 10, 10 out of 10. But for all you listening at home and doing the math, that's roughly um, four to eight ounces of liquor yeah. in 30 yeah. minutes time yeah so i end yeah. up I, luckily i stopped the podcast <laughs> or i stopped the instagram live as soon as i start because again there's a train when right you drink right. there's a train right yeah, like yeah, when right. you when you take a shot there's about 30 to 45 minutes before the train hits your face right <laughs> and i always stop 
right before the train hits my face because when the train hits my face, that Instagram live is not appropriate. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. It gets yeah. turned off pretty quickly. We've been going a while. You How are. much time is it? What time is it? It's, How long is it going? It's 3.50. We've been How going for like hour a, well over an hour. Fucking A! I still have more questions, Dude, but I mean... This I've got is... a Louisville hot seat. Can we do it? And then yeah, we'll, hot seat. And then we'll wrap. Yeah, what is that? Uh, some of them we've already... I'm going to skip some. I've only got four, and I'm going to skip a couple because you've already talked about them. I, want, I think we should do it with every guest. Louisville hot seat. It's questions about Louisville. Okay, oh, cool. great. Yeah, I love yeah. this idea. Louisville I love this idea. Yeah. I'm so, so glad he wrote this down. <laughs> I would have totally forgot about this. All right. This is John and Paul right here. <laughs> favorite season in Louisville. What is your favorite season to be in? Fall. Fall. I would agree. You can yeah, play me golf. Too. Camp. It's beautiful. Yeah. You can pretty much drink anything you want because yeah. the, the yeah. weather is like all it's over cold, the place. It's ambiguous. Yeah. 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 You can wear jeans and it's just a t-shirt. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Or, or sometimes hoodie, a button, hoodie and shorts. Or a zipper or a zipper oh, hoodie. I, I love fucking zipper, zipper hoodies. hoodies. Yeah. yeah. Saltwater hoodie. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Favorite restaurant. Hammerheads. Done. Nice. Oh, easy. Okay. Nothing better. There is no better human who, food. Now, who owns Hammerheads? And they own a few, right? Yeah, so they have a system. They, they own Game. They used game. to own yeah, uh, that's right. the one that went out of business, Ostra. Uh, they used to own... own uh, it's not in business anymore, I don't believe. They used to own what was um, a taco restaurant, but now they're Hammerheads on Dundee. Can't remember. Migo. Migo, yes. Yeah, yeah. The Hammerheads is the best. Okay. Yeah. That was no, that was no debate. All right. I agree. I think I know this answer, but best place to get coffee. Oh. So, candidly, I don't drink coffee mm. full time. <laughs> I only drink coffee when I make long drives. Because when I'm energetic as it is, and when I drink coffee, it's worse. Yeah. I know imagining worse is hard. Like jumping out like, of yeah, the it's yeah, yeah. But, yeah, it's Quills. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Quills. Yeah. Quills Firehouse, because I used to go there all the time at Stockyards Bank. Love it. Yeah, Love it. Right on, man. Good answer. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great and also spot. right across the street from Plain and Crim. Yes. Yeah. You guys interviewed another great. Well, yeah, I, we've already too. talked to Tyler. Good. That was the only. Uh, Those are good questions. The other one was where'd you go to high school? Because everybody asked that, Same but uh, we already knew St. X. Where'd you go to undergrad? Uh oh, so, uh, that's college. I was like grade school. I was like <laughs> 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 Xavier University in Cincinnati. Oh, okay. I was like, yeah, yeah. St. Leonard. Yeah. I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> I had to read that. St. Xavier to Xavier. St. Xavier to Xavier. X X. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Cool. Well, thanks for coming on, man. Dude, yeah, guys, so you. much this fucking great. fun, guys. Yeah, yeah. This was this was my second podcast ever recorded. So, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah, honored. Too. Yeah. Honored. Yeah. Sorry, I had to be me, guys. I'm sorry. Oh no, dude. <laughs> pumped to have you. Have some experience on. Hopefully, here. hopefully it all goes downhill from here, and hopefully oh, for yeah. you guys, it all goes uphill from here. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Well, thanks for everybody that listened. If you are on iTunes, Spotify, anything, please like, please subscribe. Please leave us a review. Let us know what you think. Follow us on Instagram, and we will see you next time. Sounds good. Talk to you next week.